You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Storm Thomas. Hey, everybody. This is Mike Rotunda, also known as IRS, Erwin R. Scheister, formerly with WWF. I am the unsolved myth. JT Energy. This is Lars Metzger. This is almighty Christopher Daniel. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your golden boy, Bryce Jordan. This is the world's greatest pop icon, Donnie Pepper Cricket, sometimes known as the Dundee Strangler, Brandon Juarez. Hey, everybody, this is Rip Studwell. Hello, everybody, it's Ethan Everhart. What, what is up, wrestling world? This is the resident rock star of Impact World Wrestling, Adam Love. Woo! It's the Corn Belt Cowboy, the one called Manders, and you're listening to Shotgun Wrestling Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Shock and Wrestling Radio, the countdown to Central Empire Wrestling Bridge City Slam. And I'm very excited for tonight's special guest of the program. You saw him at the last show in the Legends Royal Rumble matchup. You're going to see him again at Bridge City Slam. He's probably one of the biggest Chiefs fans that I know, which makes me an instant fan favorite. And, of course, I'm welcoming in the one and only, the Iceman, to the program. Iceman, welcome to the show, my friend. How's it going? It's going great, man. You know, we just wrapped up a big NFL draft for our Chiefs. The city of Kansas City absolutely just crushed it with the attendance that they had there. And, yeah, I think overall, you know, me being a Chiefs fan as well, I think the Chiefs did really, really well. I mean, it's at this point for us, it's just about adding depth. That's all it really is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I was happy with, with the draft. I think they addressed uh, some of the needed um, – uh, holes to fill you know they 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 definitely uh, I was surprised to only see him draft one right wide receiver though I figured they would try to go after at least at least two of them but um but I think they 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 got one that they really wanted so yeah and then um just before we went on the air here they announced they signed a uh, another tackle too uh, uh Donovan Smith to a one-year deal. So it sounds like it should be that's like a one-year, $9 million deal. So I'm sure it'll be another veteran piece for Patrick Mahomes, which is, again, that's the biggest thing is protecting your quarterback. Oh, my gosh, especially when, you know, they've got everything they've got wrapped up, you know, in him. Um, and really, I mean, the whole dynamic of the team changes whenever he's not in, yeah. in the game. So. One, it's it's amazing too. We'll get to wrestling, folks. Trust me, we will. Uh, it's amazing too <laughs> if you watch just watching what Veach has done since that Super Bowl loss to Tampa Bay, where he was running for his life. He's rebuilt that offensive line from the ground up, where I don't feel like a lot of GMs would have. I feel like they kind of would have been like, "Well, we'll be okay." But no, Veach was like, "No, we have to protect our investment." And I think he's done a stellar job. Oh, by far, I think Brett Veach is probably one of the best general managers, uh, not only in all of football, but in the Chiefs history that they've had. Now, they've had some other good general yeah. managers, but I feel um, general managers in the past probably would have said, oh, um, he just needs a new running back or more wide receivers or more or we need more defensive backs or something like that. He wouldn't have 
I, I feel general managers in the past would not have addressed what needed to be addressed. Brett Veach did, and look what happened. They ended up, mm-hmm. you know, you know, last couple of years they've had a real good solid uh, offensive line. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now let's kind of get back back to wrestling. I, I couldn't have you on here <laughs> and not talk football. I mean, I feel like that's all oh, we absolutely. talked about at the last at the last Central Empire Wrestling Show. So, um, sure, but sure. yeah, man, you know, for those that aren't aware of you and your history were how long ago was it that you started getting into the business and where did you get your training done at? Um, I've been in wrestling now for 23 years. Uh, I started training at uh, the tail end of 1999 over in St. Joseph, Missouri. I started with one of the, um, Oh, I, I like to call it one of the original versions of central States wrestling. Um, you know, back in the late nineties, early two thousands, um, trained with a couple of local guys that were there. Um, no, no big names. You know, I didn't go to like a big name school or anything like that, but they had a solid school and there were some great athletes there. There was a lot of good wrestlers that come from there. Um, I, I feel that I got a good education. Um, you know, and of course throughout the years, I've always tried to continue my training somewhat by attending a seminar here or there, or, you know, like in the last few years uh i've been doing some training with uh niles plunkett um i've known him for like 20 plus years the whole time i've been in wrestling and um he actually opened up his own school um probably three four years ago so i try to go over there um a few times a month and jump in some of his training classes just just to keep the ring rust off just to keep myself fresh um, in, in between shows. So. Were you always a wrestling fan growing up? Like what was it for about wrestling that, you know, made you want to say, Hey, I want to get into this crazy world of professional wrestling. Oh yeah. Just like most everybody that's in wrestling now, you know, they, um, uh, I was a huge fan. Um, used to watch it with my grandpa all the time. Uh, he was a, like hardcore wrestling fan. Um, every Sunday would go over to my grandparents' house dinner. Um, and then come that evening around six o'clock, um, some old school WCW back whenever it was NWA, uh, before it switched over to WCW. Um, so we watched a lot of that together watching, watching my grandpa, uh, react to what was going on on TV kind of helped draw me in. And then once I was able to get in there and watch and see what he was getting all worked up and excited about and everything, um, it, it hooked me. And then once I got hooked on the action, then of course, then I started paying attention to the characters and, and, and the gimmicks and, and the storylines and all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, that's what really, really got me hooked. So early, early WCW stuff. Also, I lived in Texas for a short time. Uh, before we moved back to Missouri. Um, so I also got to be partly raised on world-class, you know, with the Von Erics, the Freebirds, all that stuff, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm an old school guy. Um, so I grew up being a fan. And once I had the opportunity to get in it, I jumped in with both feet. So who were some of your favorites that you really gravitated towards? Um, as far as like showmanship, uh, obviously Rick Flair, um, 
you know, the whole the whole theatrics of of his character, the over the top, you know, the flamboyance, all that stuff. I was really drawn um, to him. Um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, really drawn to him. Uh, Sting, Sting's one of my all time favorites. You know, I loved loved the the bright colors and the athleticism. Um, you know, and then later on, I I really gravitated towards Ray Mysterio. Um, back in the in the mid '90s, or whatever you know, during Monday Night Wars, stuff like that. Whenever Lucha, you know, all, all the all the Lucha wrestlers started really making an impact on WCW, I noticed Rey Mysterio, and I was just like, "That's that's my guy." So it's uh, so the types of wrestlers that I was drawn to have a little bit of something different. But and the ones I mentioned were just a few that that really grabbed my attention back in the day. Now, when you first, you know, when you finished training and, and you got done with all that, when you where when how long after your training was it before you actually had your first match? Well, I was actually still in training. Uh, I was about three months in to training um, when the promoter asked me like a week prior to the show. Uh, he had a couple of cancellations. Um, this would have been January of 2000 and he come up to me and said, Hey, are you ready to go? Do you feel confident? Do you have a character, a gimmick? Do you have gear other than just what I would go and train in? And I said, no. <laughs> so, so the week, so the week leading up to the show, um, I had to come up with a name, a gimmick, what I wanted to look like, you know, as far as my gear goes, all that stuff. So I had like a week to get all that ready. So in a week's time, the Iceman was born um, and then had my debut January of 2000. I don't remember the exact date. Um, it was in St. Saint Joe, Missouri at the Civic Arena that holds about 10,000 people Um for like basketball and stuff like that. But that night, I think there was roughly around 2000 people that showed up. So, um, went in there with a, another local guy that never really made a big name for himself, but he was a veteran. Um, and so I had my very first match against a guy who had been doing it for quite some time. And, um, man, it was, it all happened so quick. It was a blur. Plus I kind of got my bell rung a little bit. So, you know, some of the details are a little fuzzy, but, but yeah, that's, that's how it all started. So does it amaze you as much as it does me, like how far we've come in terms of the availability for like wrestling schools, like back in the day, like in that time frame, it's, it was hard as hell to get in. And now you can just basically Google, you know, oh, wrestling schools near me. And then you can find five or six different wrestling schools, probably just here in the state of Iowa alone. Like, I mean, the kids today, man, they have it. Incre if they want to pursue this, they have an incredibly lucky, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. When I was first tossing around the idea of wanting to get into wrestling, it was hard to find a school uh, until I discovered the the school over in St. Joe. Uh, um, I was looking into Harley Race's school down by, um, at that time, it was right around, I think he had it in the Lake of the Ozarks before he moved it to right outside of St. Louis. Um and but one of his requirements was, I mean, you pretty much would have to move down there. And, you know, and at the time, 
Um, I was married to my first wife at the time. Um, young kid, you know, I, I just, I couldn't uproot my whole family to go chase this wild dream. So once I looked into that and I knew that wasn't a possibility, um, I just kind of put it on the back burner and, um, then just happened to go to a, a local indie show. Didn't know anything about the Indies at the time. Um, went to, uh, is it probably like 20 minutes or so away from me? And so me and some friends went, um, this wasn't CSW. This was a different company. And I was introduced to indie wrestling with this different company. And as fate would have it, uh, a guy that I knew from high school, he was a couple years ahead of me in high school, come out as a manager of this tag team. And I was like, holy crap, I know that guy. <laughs> and so I went and talked to him. He introduced me to the promoter. I went over to St. Joe, had a tryout with that guy. Um, long story short, spent a little bit of time with that guy. Then that's when I discovered the school over at Central States Wrestling. Discovered it was much better ran, much better training, everything like that. So, but yeah, no, back in the back in the nineties, early two thousands, the availability of schools, unless you wanted to absolutely relocate to the other side of the country, in the Midwest, it was it was tough. Yeah, yeah, it's um. It's amazing. I'll never forget my first indie show. I didn't start going to any shows until 2005 when I, I actually moved to Marshalltown for, to go to college and met what would eventually become my co-host of this show when we started out in 2010. And he was he was a big wrestling fan and he was uh, asking me, he's like, hey, do you want to go to the show with us? And I was like, yeah. And I was, it opened up a whole new world to me. I was like, whoa, what is like, yeah, it's when you experience your first independent show, there's just nothing like it. It's such an eye-opening experience. Oh, absolutely. Whether, it, you know, I, the, if I remember correctly, the show that I went to, it wasn't good, but <laughs> growing up, all I knew was, like I said, world-class early NWA slash WCW, WWF, um, that kind of stuff. And anything that I read in magazines, you know, yeah. I didn't even, I wasn't even all that familiar with like Japan stuff or anything like that. So going to an independent show that had people on the card that I had no clue who they were. Yep you know, in front of a, about a hundred people, I was like, well, shoot, it's wrestling. It's fun. You know, I mean, it was like 10, 15 bucks a ticket. So, you know, you can't beat that. So, um, yeah, that was my first exposure to indie wrestling was yeah. a company. Not so great. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, my first show was for a three XW show actually. And the main event of it had Frankie Kazarian. Cause he had just come back to the Indies after getting released from WWE and he was facing egotistical fantasco in the main event of the evening. I'm like, God, you're not going to get that as first time um, mm, wrestling right. main event show. So yeah, that was, I got pretty lucky with that one, but yeah, it's, you know, independent wrestling, man, it's such a crazy world that we live in. And, you know, let's take it now to central empire. How did you get hooked up with Austin Bayless and the nice fine folks here at central empire wrestling? Um, I'm sure I met Austin through some mutual friends somewhere along the line. I had done some work for uh, 3XW. Um, not not consistently, but but uh, quite a bit. So I don't know. I can't quite remember if I met Austin that way or through other wrestlers that I know. Um, and we just kind of would talk occasionally here and there. And then when I seen that, you know, he had a company and was running – and, you know, most of the towns that he runs from where I actually live, you know, it was fairly close. So I, I kept hitting him up, hitting him up. And then we eventually exchanged numbers. And so we 
would text occasionally. And gosh, for a lot of years, we would just text back and forth. And um, because I would see the people he'd have on his card. I'd see, you know, pictures of it. And I'd talk to other wrestlers who had worked for Austin. And I was like, man, that's a place I really want to go because Austin's got a good reputation. You know, shows are good. He's got a good following, all that stuff. So um, I can't quite pinpoint exactly when I met Austin, but it just seems like I've known him forever. And so um, finally got the opportunity, you know, a few years back to to wrestle uh, in a tag match at um, one of his shows. And so we've been trying to work on it since then to come to have me come back uh, more frequent. So. Now we're getting ready to head into Bridge City Slam. Will this be your first Bridge City, or did you, have you attended the others as fans throughout the year? This will be my first ever okay. Bridge City Slam. Okay, so yeah, you're in for and, three. Yeah, and I know, I know, I'm on the show. I'm I'm wrestling on the show, just not quite a hundred percent what's happening. <laughs> so, um, but no, I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to it because I know. From what I gather from past Bridge City Slams that I've seen him promote and stuff, he treats this like his WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. That's that's the vibe that I get from it, and the way he talks about it, and and everything, and everything he puts into it. It to me, it's kind of uh, Iowa's version of WrestleMania. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot of fun. I I've often in the last several years, really started comparing it to the Hall of Fame weekend that they also do in Waterloo, Iowa with the Dan Gable Wrestling Museum. It's starting. Oh, it's right. really been starting to get right up there in terms of really great wrestling weekends, which for wrestling fans in Iowa, it's a great thing, especially for a lot of us who don't travel to some of the bigger conventions like your Russell Cons and some of these other things that I know Austin has been to. And I think it's great that he has because you can. I feel like he's definitely taken a lot of things he's learned from those conventions and brought that to his own convention and made it very, very fan friendly. And yeah, I'm excited for this year. It's a two day event this year. We got events on Friday with the hall of fame ceremony. And then I know we're doing uh trivia and some other events there on Saturday before everything leads in. So yeah, it's going to be, it's pretty exciting, man. I'm yeah, I'm really amped to get to it. We got a big steel cage match made event. Um, I know we're planning on having commentary sit at ringside, which I'm really excited for it because when I do, I love being at ringside for commentary. And fortunately, in our Oskaloosa building, it's just not quite big enough to get there. So to be sure. ringside, <laughs> be, be, so being ringside for Bridge City is going to be really cool, especially with that cage match for the main event. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's that's going to be a heck of a main event for sure. And I know for those that are also interested, they're going to be beforehand photo ops with the cage in the ring. So if you want to get in the ring and get your picture taken inside the steel cage, that is going to be a thing. So again, that's another super cool um, feature this year for these uh, bridge city slam. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And for the guys competing in, in that cage match, I, I feel for them. I've, I've been in a couple of cage matches over the years and it's a whole different feeling when you step inside the ring and you're surrounded by a cage and the door shuts (laughs) it's a it's a it's a feeling i can't quite describe unless you unless you've actually been there you know and and done it so yeah i couldn't agree couldn't agree more and you know kind of hearing back here 
you've obviously had a lot of experience, years of experience. I think you said 23 years of wrestling experience. Through all that time, do you have an absolute favorite match that you've had yourself or one that you've seen somewhere down the line that you just thought was one of your absolute favorite matches? Um, my mind doesn't work when it comes to remembering exact <laughs> dates or whatever, but I, it was for central States wrestling. Um, uh, me and another guy, um, had been feuding over the cruiserweight title and we, you know, we went back and forth, back and forth, um, pretty much all over the state of Kansas and even part of Missouri. And we finally had to have one big blow off match, uh, of our feud and it was for the cruiserweight title and we decided to do it in a cage. Um, and we decided to add, sprinkle in a little bit more, um, risk and danger. And we included, um, tables, ladders, and chairs, um, uh, in the cage. Uh, so it was a TLC cage match. Um, on paper sounded like a great idea. Once we were doing it, not so much. <laughs> um, so, that's that's one um a few years back for a company called Metro Pro Wrestling in Kansas yep. City um I got to wrestle Pete Madden um the the human wrecking ball Pete Madden he's from St. Louis he's kind of a no we're not really kind of you know a lot of guys consider him a Midwest icon um he he'd wrestled for years and years and he had retired and been retired for like 2 years and I have a wrestling bucket list of guys that I would love to wrestle at least one time before I hang it up. And he was on there. And, and at that particular time, the promoter reached out to me and said, Hey, I want you on this show. I just don't have you an opponent. And I said, well, and I explained to him my wrestling bucket list. And I said, can I find my own opponent? He said, yeah, that'd be fine. So I started going through the Rolodex of guys in my mind and, and Pete was one of them. And so I called Pete up and we were on the phone for like an hour and I pretty much begged him. Well, I didn't really beg him because it didn't take much to get him to come out of retirement. <laughs> and we ended up having a hardcore match because that's what he was known for. And, um, started off with a dance off. We had a hardcore dance off uh, <laughs> and then it turned into a hardcore match. And uh, guys, that, that ranks right up there with one of my favorites. Um, the one and only time I got to wrestle delirious um, for the central States cruiserweight title. That's another one that ranks right up there. Um, and as far as matches that I've seen, oh, gosh, I've seen a lot of good matches o over the years. One of the most recent ones, and I actually was just talking to somebody about this the other day, but um, I wrestle for a company that runs Arkansas and part of Southern Missouri on a pretty regular basis called Mid-States Wrestling. And on one of the cards, I think in Springfield, Missouri, for the heavyweight title, it was uh, uh, Luke Langley and Sam Stackhouse. And if you know Sam Stackhouse, you know, bigger guy, you know, kind of, he kind of reminds me of Bam Bam Bigelow a little bit. Um, big guy who can really move, really light on his feet, and just he's an awesome wrestler, really. And then Luke Langley, if you're not familiar with him, he's based out of the Kansas City area as well. He's, in my opinion, one of the top five uh, best in the Midwest right now. 
Um, guy's a super great athlete. Just recently wrestled him for the first time a few weeks ago. Um, that match between him and Sam Stackhouse was awesome. Absolutely awesome. So I'm, I'm sure there's more, but that most I, the reason why I thought of that match, because I literally, I think either training, was it training last night or training last week, we were talking about different matches that we've all seen on uh, on the indie level that should be on national TV, and that was one of them. Now, do you follow the current uh, mainstream products today, like WWE or AEW or Impact Wrestling? Do you follow those any of those three or even the Japan products? Um, I still watch a lot of WWE. Um, actually, before we came on here tonight, I was getting caught up on AEW from last week. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I keep up with, with the modern product. Um, not so much impact or even Japan, unless I catch somebody sharing something on online on Twitter or Facebook or something like that. But no, I'm not, not a hundred percent up on, on any of the Japan stuff or really impact. I used to be when impact was TNA, I was, I was pretty faithful in watching it, but, but uh, yeah, I, I, I try to stay upbeat, uh, or upbeat, uh, <laughs> up to date, um, with with the current product, who are some of your favorites out there currently on any, any of the main companies? Well, um, Brian Danielson by far. Yep. Um, he he's it's, he's it's been, been one of my favorites for a while. It's been interesting watching him in this heelish role that they've recently put him in in AEW yeah. as well. It's like he's doing he pulls it off great, but yeah, it's been really interesting watching it. Yeah, I've I've been a fan of his for a long time, but it just seems like he's just getting better and better and better. And, and it's yep. he was already good. Yeah, he, he he was he was already really good, but uh, it just seems like his work overall has just gotten so much better. So Brian Danielson's one. Um, as far as like WWE goes, I'm a fan of R- Ricochet. Um, you know, Austin Theory um, is doing a phenomenal job. Um, he, he's, he's playing that role really well right now. Um, Seth Rollins. I mean, I've always been a fan of Seth Rollins as well. Uh, gosh, I worked a show with him back when he was on the Indies, uh, many, many years ago, somewhere out in Kansas. Um, so um, he's, he's another one that's, that's gotten so good over the years. Yeah. I remember going to a three XW show once he wasn't even advertised. He made a surprise appearance on the show this is when he was ring of honor champion and yeah he made the surprise appearance and of course he was signing autographs taking pictures afterwards and i got my picture taken with him and i was with my brother-in-law at the time I was like hey do you want me to get your picture with him he's like oh nah my brother-in-law's kicked himself ever since <laughs> I, I told him then i'm like dude this guy's gonna be he's gonna be it like just just watch and yeah i i, I remind him about it all the time I'm like hey remember that time and he's like yeah shut up yeah, <laughs> yeah um Let's see who else. Um, man, there's. Um, I think MJF is probably one of the best heels right now uh, out there. Um, his his promo work is so good, and I think it's because he basically gets to say and do whatever he wants without without the restraints. You know, I don't think if he was in WWE, he would have that kind of freedom with yeah. his promo style. Yep. Um, he could probably still get the character over, but his I think what is helping. Water. Yeah. His promo. Be you know, his promo be, 
absolutely 100%. Um, those are just a few that, you know, really catch my eye that I really like, like watching. Um, gosh, I've, there's probably quite a few more, but yeah, those are, those are just a few. Um, I've always been a fan of Samoa Joe. You know, I, I got to meet him once, seen him in action in person before. Um, AJ Styles. I mean, yep. really, I mean, you can't, I mean, that guy is, is another guy who's been around for a long time and has only yep. gotten better. And I'm just like, I don't see how that's possible. <laughs> he was the one guy I was always afraid of for to go to WWE because I didn't know how WWE would use him. I was genuinely right. afraid for him to go to WWE because I've been a fan of his for years with TNA and Impact Wrestling, but he, there was only so much he could do there. And I understand his reasoning sure. for going to WWE. So when he went there and he's been actually had a great career there, I've been more than happy for him because, yeah, he was a guy I was just extremely worried about how he was going to be used. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. His some of his best work I thought was in early TNA. Mm -hmm. um, I, I caught glimpses of his work in Japan, you know, like after he left TNA, you yeah. know, and, and before he, before he came to WWE, but um, uh, caught little glimpses here and there, but yeah, he's, he's really, he's so good. Um, I, I actually got to work a couple of shows with him way back in the day, uh, even took one of his seminars, which Lord that he kicked my butt real bad. <laughs> his, <laughs> it, his seminars are no joke, but, uh, uh, so I got to talk to him on a, on a personal level, you know, as well as, as a wrestling level too. So, um, yeah, he, Eddie AJ Styles is another one that I like. So. So when you're driving from show to show, what do you listen to music podcast? What's, what's in the Iceman's car? <laughs> it, it varies. Um, usually the beginning of the trip is some music. Um, and I just kind of bounce around, um, uh, believe it or not, I like to listen to a lot of Elvis Presley. Oh, nice. I'm a huge Elvis guy. Um, have been since I was a kid. Um, and I don't know why I listen to it on when I'm <laughs> on my way to a show, you would think I'd be listening to something else to get me like in the zone, so to speak, but, um, listen to a little bit of that. And then I'll jump around to like, some of the modern music if uh like on on Sirius you know they've got like the 90s and mm -hmm. 80s stations stuff like that so I'll listen to that and then then podcasts I mean I love listening to the podcasts um probably listen to more podcasts on the way to a show than I do on my way back home um because I think on the way back home I'm just tired and if I'm sitting right, listening yeah. to somebody talk yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know, but um, so I'll listen to more music on the way home. But uh, yeah, podcast and um, gosh, I I have of course a bunch of wrestling ones. Um, I'll listen to Jim Cornette's occasionally. Uh, I'll listen to Chris Jericho's. Um, I got a couple of friends of mine up around the Kansas City area that has a wrestling podcast called the Spanish Announce Table. Okay, um, I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've been a guest on there multiple times. Um, I've hung out with those guys; they're really cool. Um, and then I, and then I am always, you know, a sucker for a good conspiracy, a conspiracy theory <laughs> story. So there is a podcast called Theories of the Third Kind, hmm. and 
it's all kinds of stuff. It's all kinds of crazy stuff. I haven't listened to it in a while, so I'm kind of behind on on some of the episodes. But oh my gosh, you want to talk about some really good stories where some of them are true stories, and then others are is it true or is it conspiracy? You know, it's like eh. so that's kind of the mix I, I go with. The m- most recent one I listened to is one of my old promoters from Metro Pro, him and and a. a a mutual friend of ours started a podcast called the worst territory in the world. And it's based on the central States territory, like St. Joe, Kansas city, St. Louis. And they've been interviewing a lot of people, uh, a lot of like some of the old timers that have wrestled during that time. So it's been pretty cool listening to that. So. Well, I don't got a whole lot more time here left for you. So before bridge city slam, do you have any other bookings that people can be aware of that where they can catch you at next? What's next on the Iceman schedule? Well, this Saturday on May 6th, I've got a big, big show right here in my hometown of Chillicothe, Missouri, um, which I actually, I bill myself being from Kansas City, uh, but Chillicothe is like an hour and a half, like northeast of Kansas City. Um, so we got a big show coming up here in town and I'm in the main event. Uh, taking on Luke Langley, the guy I mentioned earlier for it's for a company called Tri-States Wrestling. They're pretty new. Okay. Yep. They just started up about a year ago. Well, Luke is the heavyweight champ and I'm the number one contender. And it just so happened to fall that we're doing a show in my hometown. So that's coming up this weekend. And then um then I'll be traveling back out again. I've got some stuff, I think May twenty. 20- seventh down in sedalia missouri for new breed wrestling um i think i got a couple of new breed wrestling shows coming up before i get to bridge city slam so excellent excellent and yeah hopefully i'll have to talk to mr bayless hopefully by the time this podcast drops we'll have more information on the cew facebook page about what you're doing at bridge city slam so right yeah yeah and of course don't forget everybody (laughs) bridge city slam is going to be Friday, June 2nd, and Saturday, June 3rd. See legends such as Kurt Angle, Deborah, Jimmy Hart, Cowboy Bob Orton, and many, many more. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to get back to Otumwa and get get to Bridge City Slam weekend now, so it's going to be a lot of fun, man. And for people that would like to follow you, where can they follow you on the social media websites? Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, you can follow me. It's uh, at the Iceman 4 the number four EVA. So the Iceman forever on Twitter. It's the same thing on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Facebook, just search the Iceman. Um, I'm also on TikTok. Uh, I'm on Snapchat. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on all the socials, um, which I've kind of been lacking on the TikTok thing. I used to, <laughs> I kind of go, I kind of go through spurts where I'll post a lot of content and then I and then I just spend more time looking at other people's content than <laughs> posting. So, <laughs> but yeah, if 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 you want to find me on all the socials, I'm really active on Facebook and Twitter, um, Instagram every every you know, every now and again. Um, and but yeah, the so Twitter and Facebook are probably the two most uh, used social media apps where they can keep up on all my uh, wrestling adventures or stuff outside of wrestling. So. And I'll be sure to include all those down in the description of this podcast as well, in case you guys for, did not be able to catch all that. So go ahead and click the description. You should be able to find all his socials in there. But so, well, Iceman, thank you very much for being our special guest on the countdown to Bridge City Slam. You guys, until next time, that's going to do it for us right Absolutely. here on the World Wide Web.